This is so wizarding. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare. You are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 444 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me this week, my co-hosts, we have the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Oopy movies. And the expert, <laughs> Mr. Marquis, Markellis Reagan. I hear there's about 3 million podcasts that you could be listening to, so thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this dumb show. That is right. You, the the listener listen to so wizard pod podcasting weekly on the geek world all-stars podcast network this week we've got our review of the latest movie from m night Shyamalan. that's right it's knock at the cabin but before we get into all of that how the hell is everyone doing this week markellis reagan's how the hell are you i'm doing good i realize that i have my uh, amazon fire stick that has like all of my apps on it and for some reason it's not working right now and all of my apps are attached to it, so I can't, like, stream any of my digital movies. I can't watch YouTube, Netflix. So I've been watching everything on my phone and my laptop these past, like, couple of weeks. I did not realize how much uh, on that, that Amazon Fire Stick. So uh, this week I learned it's very nice to have other options. Thank God I have a, uh, a Wi-Fi-enabled Blu-ray player. So I can at least watch some of my other apps. But man, I didn't, you don't realize the importance of something until they take it away. Now I'm like, oh, all of my apps are gone. That is that true. Is I watch true. a lot of stuff on my phone and my God, there are times when I'm just like, I wish I could watch this on TV, but however I'm watching it just cannot be replicated on the TV, which is unfortunate. I, I'm 100% there with it. Did you watch anything exciting though? Was there anything particularly exciting that you watched on your phone? I watched Anna de Armas is Marilyn in blonde it's three hours long you watch that on your phone yeah luckily it was on my phone so i could break it up into chunks and carry it around with me at different parts yeah it, it's a movie all right is it an oscar worthy performance is the question i guess so i think pretty much they gave her the oscar because she took her top off a bunch of times i'm pretty sure that's why uh that's why she got the nomination sounds uh, oscar worthy to me i don't <laughs> i knew you would like that yeah, buddy. Aubrey Litchfield, how the hell are you? Um, I'm surviving. Uh just just working a whole bunch and bought it. Nice. Just working two jobs? You still only working one job right now? You burning the candles at both ends? Uh yeah, I work I work both jobs. I think it was last week I worked a double on Thursday where I, I left work and went right to my second job. And this week I'm doing that on Tuesday, so I'll, I'll clock out tomorrow and then go right to my second job. Um I worked overtime at my first job this week. So just trying to get in as much as I can before. I don't have a job, you know, <laughs> it's never <laughs> know, never know in this economy. Right, right, right. Well, uh, we hopefully will be talking to you about your job and work for a long time in the future. I hope so. How are you doing, Joey? I am doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, I think I'm through the worst and the end of COVID now, the terrible fatigue, which was like pretty much all that was left at this point was the terrible fatigue. So I was just exhausted from doing anything. I finally went back to the gym uh, yesterday. So that was the first time in two weeks I went to the gym. 
Uh, I felt great to go back. I will say probably about 20 minutes into the treadmill. I was, I was hurting usually on days I lift, I do 30 minutes on the treadmill. Um, when I hit right around like 17, 18 minutes, I was like, Oh no, I'm really tired all of a sudden, but I powered through and I finished off and I, I just did a bunch of errands all weekend. And then I, uh, you know, went to the movies and that was it. It wasn't really that exciting a uh, week, just a lot of working and sleeping. Uh, my wife's still trying to recover from COVID. She's got a lot of fatigue issues right now. And, um, we're just, we're just struggling along and we're going to make it, we're going to be fine, but man, it sucks. Yeah, it does. It, it, it so has everyone in your family have gotten it at this point or there's still like a couple of holdouts everybody's had it once um this round was just me and my wife but we had that was both our first times and we had both not had it for three years and then all of a sudden we both got it within a week of each other so that was not fun it is what it is the uh the i'm through it i'm through the worst of it i'm done Uh, i'm going to the gym i'm watching a lot of movies i've hit 28 movies for the year as of today oh you're on a tear yeah yeah i've been watching a lot over the weekends Uh, i watched a lot this weekend i'll probably watch four movies this weekend so including the one we're going to review today so it's good you know when you have tubi and pluto and all these apps have tons of movies on them it's pretty easy to find movies to watch on a regular basis yeah and when your fire stick is working it's even easier (laughs) our fire stick works like shit I've moved on to just using all the apps on the PlayStation 4 at this point because the Fire Stick runs like duty. But Tubi is fantastic, and they have almost every Cynthia Rothrock movie. Oh, so nice. I've been working my way through those because a lot of them I hadn't seen. I watched uh, Angel of Fury. Yes. Which is... So some of her original movies were uh, made in Hong Kong, so they're actually really good. Um, writing wrongs is one that's absolutely fucking fantastic then she went and made a bunch of movies in indonesia which have the budget of like a dollar 75 and they're absolutely fucking horrendous and this was a, an hour and 15 minutes long nice there the plot is incomprehensible and it looks like it's shot on a uh, game boy camera nice. but <laughs> it's non-stop terrible action except with one part in the middle of the movie where she goes shopping for fabric for like 15 minutes. So <laughs> I loved it. It was great. It was the stuff bad movie dreams are made of. So um, I guess early recommendations. Angel Fury is out there on Tubi. <laughs> so check it out. Um, but enough about us. You know what, Mark Ellis? Let's talk a little bit more about us. Please tell the listeners where they can find more. So was her podcast. All right. So everybody can go over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. Uh, You'll also find some movie reviews from yours truly. Uh, You'll find some recommendations on new movies, books, and TV shows from the awesome Adam Mollyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there. We have a tea public store where you can shop to get some t-shirts, sweatshirts, journals, coffee mugs, baby onesies, all types of things with the So Wizard Podcast logo and designs all over it. Uh, You can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, so definitely get at us. Uh, You can subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a five-star review while you're there. Uh, You can also find our show wherever podcasts are found, including Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, my personal favorite, Spotify. We have a YouTube page with videos going up constantly from Adam Mollyhawk, including movie reviews, trailers, Uh, trailer reactions and interviews Uh, we have a patreon page where you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month and you will be receiving bonus content and exclusive content from everyone here at the show shout out to all of our podcasting family in the geek world all-stars podcast and network 
back to you, Joey. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a lot of all right so time guys it's time to talk about probably one of the first big movie releases of the year i would say we made it out of fuck you it's january so we're into february time to uh start going to the movies more often and this is m night Shyamalan's knock at the cabin aubrey litchfield can you please tell the listeners out there what knock at the cabin is all about? that's a great question <laughs> while vacationing at a remote cabin a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse with limited access to the outside world the family must decide what they believe before all is lost all right so we all had a chance to go check it out and as always we're going to go non-spoiler to start We'll discuss some non-spoiler things, and then Markellis will drop the drop delineating spoilers. So then if you've seen it, you'll know to bounce. The rest of you stick around, and we will talk a little bit more in depth about the movie. But to get started, uh, we all had a chance to see it in the theaters. How was your theater-going experience? I will say that the popcorn was especially delicious this week. It was very tasty. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, the show wasn't sold out. There was plenty of seats and the crowd was, um, it's hard to say, they weren't really into it. It's not really the kind of cause and effect type of movie, but you can tell they were kind of on board for the most part. So, you know, it wasn't that bad, but the popcorn was freaking amazing. Perfect. Aubrey Litchfield, how is your movie going experience? It was okay. It was a movie. Yep. Nothing um, stood out. No weirdos, no craziness, nothing. No, no, we said by ourselves enjoyed it ate food okay. well i went at 11 10 a.m saturday morning the kids did not want to see this um so i get to go by myself so i'm like let me go to a matinee so you can get this out of the way early I usually try to make when i have to do that i try to make a day of it so i'll go into an early showing then i do grocery shopping afterwards and i got to the theater i was the only person in the theater at all the only person there um newbie hadn't even started yet oh you were super early then. yeah so i got there i sat down i was sitting in my chair getting myself situated one guy walks in and he had like a huge backpack and like a lunch like when you have like a, a lunch thing that's like keeping your food cold like when yeah. you go to work you know what i'm talking about like he had one yeah. of those with him so he had like a lot of stuff with him i was like what the what the fuck is this and he sat on the other side of the theater all the way down the front where i always sit up in the back towards the side so I'm like, all right, well, at least he's not sitting near me. That's fine. And there was nobody else in the theater. It was just the two of us. I don't know if he even saw me um, sitting back there because I had a dark colored hoodie on and I was just sitting in the chair. Immediately, as soon as he sits down, he starts watching videos on his phone. Of course. Like super loud, beyond loud. Like I was sitting up in the back and I could hear them almost as loud as what was happening on the screen. And he watched the videos all through Nuvi, all through the commercials and all through the previews oh my god and i was getting like nervous because i'm like there's only two of us in the movie theater right if this guy don't shut this shit off i'm gonna have to go say something to him and i don't and he kind of looked like a weirdo like a homeless guy or some shit so i'm like like i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> You know, normally I I just be like fuck it because people are a little loud, but there's only a few of you in the theater. Usually the movie's louder than the people, right. but this shit was loud as fuck, and we were the only two people there. And I'm like, I'm 
I'm not letting this guy ruin my movie theater going experience. And this was just scary, man. I'm like, all right. So I texted my wife. I'm like, I just want to say I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen going forward right now, but I just want to tell you. She's like, yeah, that's great. Whatever. Like, All right. (laughs) But he shut it off when the movie started. So thank God. I actually got up and moved to the other side of the theater away from him, but I still be happy to shut it off. So other than that, that was that he was the only other person in the movie theater. So there really wasn't anything other than that. But um, thankfully, he didn't have to get in a physical altercation at the movie theater. So that was uh, that. (laughs) You could have just yelled from you could have just yelled from the top. Hey, shut that shit off. You would have probably would have scared the hell out of him. Probably thought he was all alone. Well, I was thinking about how I was going to approach it. Like, was I just going to yell, like, shut that shit off or turn that shit down? Or was I going to get up and be like, hey, buddy, can you turn that that fuck shit off right now? We're trying to watch a movie. I mean, it sucks because, you know, I know the listeners probably I think it's funny and you guys think it's funny. But I mean, I went to a matinee and that shit cost twelve dollars. Yes. It wasn't like a fucking five dollar show. This was a twelve dollar trip to the movies plus gas. Like this is going to ruin my fucking trip to the movies. Like if the movie sucks, the movie sucks. But like at least let me think the movie sucks based on the movie not because some asshole wants to watch fucking youtube videos at extreme volumes during the theater so i I was nervous but thankfully it all worked itself out and i was able to watch the movie thankfully i had seen most of the trailers already anyway so i wasn't worried about it there's no need to get worked up about seeing ant-man and the wasp quantum mania trailer for the 55th time and strangely no m&m's commercial this time wow i guess they've been uh rebranded reboot i know they have some sort of super bowl thing going on where like maya rudolph is the new spokesperson and blah blah and we all got excited because that meant it was the end of no it's an envelope commercial right but i didn't i didn't i know it's just a fake out for the super bowl so i didn't i know how far they were going with it but they did get rid of the commercial so a few weeks of it but you know that's it that was my trips to the movies obviously a little non-eventful for you guys i almost had some events for me but let's get into it then mark ellis reagan's your favorite director M. Night Shyamalan. For the listeners out there, this is not Mark's favorite director. In fact, it's his least favorite director of all time. I will consistently give M. Night Shyamalan a chance for redemption. You know, he he cut me deep with with the last Airbender movie. He really did. Mm -hmm. Uh, So every movie that he's done after that has been kind of like, all right, I've said it before. I own his first few movies. Like, I I am a fan of his. I'm more disappointed in him than than anything. (laughs) You're not mad. You're disappointed is what you're saying. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Yeah, no, I feel that because by my own personal rules, if somebody makes three movies that I love or really, really like, um, to me, that's that's fine. Then you get a pass for life. You can make whatever the hell you want after that. James Cameron wants to make 55 Avatar movies for the rest of his life. It's fine. <laughs> like right. He's given, given me more than I've ever deserved uh, in enjoyment. So, you know, uh, Six Sense Unbreakable Signs, that's three in a row right there. So I, I'm in your same boat as you. I haven't loved a lot of his uh, output uh, in a long time. But I thought Split was good. You know, I thought The Visit was was decent. You know, The, the Happening is a classic bad movie. Um, Glass was more like ass. But here we are. I didn't even see Old. So I didn't even watch that because I was just like, fuck that. I don't want to deal with it. We didn't do it. We didn't do it in the show. Not dealing with it. I might still watch it. I would have pad my numbers for the year. But let's get into it. Marcellus Reagan's non-spoiler. What did you think of Knock at the Cap? All right. So I really, like I said, I sat down in, in a theater with a blank slate. I'm like, okay, M. Night, let's let's see what you got. You know, throw me. And I really, I feel like I worked really, really hard to try and like this movie. 
but I did not like it. I don't think it works as a whole. But, you know, I, I feel like I'm on the outside of this. I think a lot of people are enjoying it. I am not one of it. And I'm not one of those people. And it's not because of my personal bias towards him. I just don't think this is a solid movie. Okay. All right. So that's a that's a thumbs down for Marcellus Reagans. Aubrey Litchfield, what about you? I mean, it, it was okay. <laughs> I'm not like a huge M. Night Shyamalan fan. You know, it, I don't really like when... I go an entire movie rooting for something and then it just twists at the end. That kind of pisses me off. Um, This one was a little bit different just because the ending was more like they made the right choice. It's just, it, it's not my speed. I don't really care to watch a lot of violence in movies so yeah i knew this one was was touch and go for aubrey it didn't seem like it was going to be too horror for you so hopefully it wasn't yeah i mean it, it wasn't that bad it was just you know it existed um you know i hate to be third person in a row here to talk down the movie but i mean i liked aspects of this movie and i liked parts of this movie i think as a whole i didn't really like this movie. I mean, I didn't hate it either. Don't get it twisted. Um, this isn't like Lightyear or Jurassic Park Dominion or Prisoners of the Ghost Land or something where I like want to die while I'm watching it. Kind of started off really interesting. I wasn't sure where it was going to go. And then it started to go somewhere and I was kind of like, all right, this is kind of dumb. And then it got really dumb and then it was just done. And I was like, oh, okay. Honestly, I would have given this movie a five out of five if Batista had walked out of the woods, Batista bombed that little girl and walked away. Like that <laughs> that was what I was hoping for for the whole movie. It's just like her dad's on the porch like, by God, she's broken in half. But that didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean... I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it that much either. It's not something I'm going to die on a hill for, I guess. I'm, I'm glad I watched it, but I don't think I'd ever watch it again. And I'm definitely not going to buy it on Blu-ray or anything like that. But I'm, I'm glad I at least saw it. Um, it's certainly not a cinematic abortion like The Happening or The Last Airbender. So, And certainly better than Glass. So it's, it's at least coherent. It's, it's shot well. I just... You know, it's just kind of there, I guess is the best I can say. So it sounds like we've got a thumbs down and some thumbs in the middle. And that's the most we can do without spoiling this movie. So I highly suggest you don't spoil yourself. Go check it out. If you haven't, see you later. The rest of you stick around. We're going to drop the drop and we are going to spoil Knock at the Cabin. And we're not allowed to talk about spoilers here. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into it. Spoilers are free. Marcellus Reagans, I want to hear some things that you liked about the movie. What did you like about the movie? Because it sounds like you didn't like the movie overall, but there's got to be aspects of it that you like. Yeah, I will say there is some amazing camera work in this movie. I think M. Night was definitely, he was on top of what he wanted to do visually. There's some very stylistic choices and, you know, it brought me along for the ride. I thought he did a really good job at building suspense in certain scenes. It definitely had some good performance. I thought the little girl was actually really good. Uh, shout out to Ron Weasley, Rupert Grant. He was amazing. I thought he was really good. Played Redmond for the non-Harry Potter fans. Yeah, the, I didn't know what the hell you were talking about there for a minute. The, the kid with the red hair. Harry Potter fans know, know who I'm talking about. Uh, I he, know what you're talking about. Thanks, Aubrey. <laughs> I, thought he was, I thought he was really good. I thought he was like really good. I thought Actually, I thought all of the performances were good. I know a lot of people are, are like all about loving Dave Batista, and this is like the best performance of his career, blah, blah, blah. And I guess he he played a kind of a one-note character. He was very monotone the whole movie. And 
you know, I guess he, you know, he didn't suck, but I don't think he was amazing. I thought everyone else was way better than he was anyway, or maybe because their characters had more to do, but I don't know. I thought all of the performances were really good. And I really think that M. Night, he didn't quite stick the landing, but the journey, I thought he handled pretty well. Okay. Uh, Aubrey Litchfield, things that you liked about the movie? Um, I liked Casey and Sunshine Band playing. <laughs> I love Casey and Sunshine Band. So I was really excited about that. Other than that, I mean, it, it's thriller movies are are nice because, you know, they keep you on the edge. You know, you're you're constantly interested in in what's happening. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody did a bad job acting. It's just it's one of those movies that's kind of like I feel like you always have that one person that you sleep with where you're like, man, that was good one time. Never do it again. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't know. So, <laughs> yike. Uh, I don't. I don't even know what to say after that. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, what did I like about this movie? Um, I think that even all the way back to the Sixth Sense and up through today, I think M Knight has the ability to come up with cool ideas and if they're not even his own ideas to help adapt ideas i know this is based on a book and he just comes up with cool ideas for movies whether or not the movie works they're cool ideas so even the happening which does not work on any level <laughs> is a cool idea there's <laughs> it's a cool concept it's not, not executed well but it's a cool concept you know unbreakable is a really cool concept and it's executed very well uh, signs, cool concept, you know, everything, even the visit, you know, split. These are all great ideas. He's a fantastic idea guy. I think uh, technically I agree with you, Mark. I think he does a great job as well. Um, the movie is really well shot. It looks good. I thought his cameo in this was hilarious. Yeah. And I think he's gotten a lot better about that. I think the backlash from Lady in the Water might have cut him deep. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is in the movie Lady in the Water, he um, plays one of the <laughs> Not a main character, but a, a pretty my like he's a he's a co-star. The main of. characters are a he's yeah he's almost like a co-star in the movie, and his character is a writer who wrote a story that's so amazing it's going to save the world. <laughs> I don't know if that was him taking the piss out of it, and people took it the wrong way. I can't imagine he's that much of an egomaniac. I mean, everybody that does anything creative has some sort of ego, but. I think the backlash that really cut him deep. I think his last few cameos have been a lot better. Um, and this one was very funny. And so if they're going to stick like this, this type of almost Stan Lee, like funny thing in the background type of stuff, that's that's great. Because I thought his cameo was hilarious. I like the storyline. Like I said, I liked Batista quite a bit. I know you said he didn't do much, Mark, but he's, he's big and imposing and speaking softly. I think that was really well done. I liked all of the characters. I think all the character work was really well done. Even the people that were the helpers, like you said, um, the guy from Harry Potter, um, and the, the lady that was the nurse and the lady that was the kid's mom, they, they didn't have much to say in the movie. They didn't have a lot of lines, but I thought that they did it very well with what they had to work. And I just like the concept as it was unfolding, as it was unfolding through about maybe 75% of the movie. Um, unfortunately, there's things I didn't like, and we'll get into that in a second, but um, you know, that's about it. I mean, it was an okay watch for what it was, but I'll get into some other thing in a little bit. Markellis Reagans, let's go back to you for things you did not like about this movie. All right. So this movie is basically the elevator pitch of the trailer. Uh, four people <laughs> show up to the cabin. They say one of you have to sacrifice someone else. Otherwise, it's the apocalypse. So right away from the trailer, you're like, okay, these are the four bringers of the apocalypse. Right. These are the four horse, four horsemen of the apocalypse. I did uh, not get that from the trailer. I, I mean, I 
I was completely when they said it at the end, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't get that at all. I was I was <laughs> unaware that there are four horsemen of an apocalypse. Oh my god. Aubrey. <laughs> didn't you used to read X-Men comics? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I didn't I didn't think it was really like a a, a true reference. Oh, Aubrey's waiting right. for uh, Aubrey's waiting for Oscar Isaacs to show up with like a blue makeup. I know I think we all know I'm going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> if uh if some of the apocalypse is a little in a one-piece bathing suit take me away <laughs> okay sorry sorry continue anytime four people show up and they talk about the apocalypse i'm like okay it's the end of the world these are the four horsemen so they set that up in a trailer and then they set it up in the beginning of the movie and then that's pretty much the movie uh-huh. like you i believe that the the goal of it was to say okay do the d- does this call with his daughter do they believe in these four people or is it all bullshit like are they part of a cult that's personally attacking them or are they really the four bringers of the apocalypse and i don't think the movie does a good enough job in making you go one way or the other you know what i mean like it wasn't until the third plague the third plague that happens that's when i'm like there's no way they can deny this now like you can't deny that the end of the world is going to happen uh if you guys don't make a decision so the whole movie doesn't really at least for me like i knew who they were i knew who they were from the trailer the thing is what are what's going to be the way that they're going to get out of this or what's going to be the battle that they have to fight to to for the conflict of the story for the meat of the story like what is it and it really wasn't there it was one guy it was two guys who didn't believe it and then one guy who spoilers finally at the end was like yeah you know what i actually do believe them so uh <laughs> so that so that's it I'm, I'm out of here if it's the end of the world if i don't know kids are dying and the west coast is flooded and planes are falling out of the sky are you really gonna hang out at a diner with a bunch of people like eating calmly and watching tv at the end i would be if there's french toast <laughs> yeah i guess it depends on how good the waffles are i don't know that that whole thing just seemed it didn't ring true for me i wanted there to be a little bit more conflict between is this really happening or are these people are they like trying to trick them you know is is this your are you going to believe in these people or are you going to believe uh that everything is just a coincidence you know i don't think they're the battles of their belief system was stretched enough at least for me all right uh aubrey Give us some things you didn't like about the movie. Um, I mean, it's it's not my wheelhouse. I don't even know what my wheelhouse is at this point because it's like every movie we see, I'm like, man, that was just not my thing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, it it's interesting. It keeps you going, but like Markella said, like there's just not enough to grab you. It's it's not like I remember seeing The Mist and. That movie was really, I couldn't believe the ending to it. And it was, it was really like, holy shit, this dude just killed his kid. And now he's, there's no bullets. Um, Spoilers if you haven't seen The Mist. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> yes. So, I mean, like, it didn't hit you like that one. It, it's just kind of, I don't know if, if I would have completely caused an apocalypse if if i was in that situation because there is no way you are telling me that you are the four horsemen of some sort of apocalypse and shit's gonna just turn upside down like there is no way you're convincing me that that's gonna happen i'm gonna blow up the entire fucking universe before you tell me that some invisible god is going to smite me and cause the world to turn upside down i just i can't do it so like there just wasn't i don't know it, it's one of those things I feel like if I read the book, 
I would be more interested in it than watching the movie. Well, the ending in the book is completely different. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I I read because of yep. course you know it's one of those things where I'm like I'm sure I'll like the book much more. Let me read about the book, and then I read that he changed the ending. So I don't think I. I don't really like the book ending either. It seems a little nihilistic, but yeah. Anything else? No, no, that's it. All right. All right. So, all right. Um, just before I get into things I didn't like, I will say one thing that just surprised me was how it, how fast it went into the main story. It just starts. It's done. We're on. The girl is out front and within three minutes, Batiste is walking out of the woods. I thought there'd be uh, more build up to that. Um, thank God there wasn't. I mean, I don't know how long a movie you can make out of this. It's really seven people in a room. Yeah. So where do I have problems with this? I think my problems with this come from the fact that, you know, like Mark said, like Aubrey said, it, it starts at a it starts off kind of like cool premise. So like they're tied up. These people say this is what's happening. Do you believe it? Do you not? Or like, what do you do? Like in that situation, do you go with it? Do you not go with it? I think the movie just went too hard in and too fast in being like, yes, this is actually happening, and, and the world is ending. Like it, it, it never gave you that really that chance, or even like because the the guy that was angry, the husband that was angry, he was kind of a dick. So like you're like, oh well, I don't know if that guy's right, but then the, the people that had tied them up were kind of calm and you're like well maybe those people are right but then the other guy's like no it's not right so yeah the characters had arguments but you never script wise i mean almost as soon as the first plague starts like there's no question as to what's happening the world is ending the, the people that kidnap them are correct i, I just would have liked to see more of a back and forth and maybe something else that says like this isn't happening this is happening um, we're not sure it never really felt like there was a question. Like once we got maybe 30 minutes into the movie, what those people are saying is actually happening and there's no question about it. And now it's kind of like, it kind of took away a lot of the suspense of the movie. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Yeah. I mean, you don't really care after that point because then you're like, well, I mean, somebody has got to die. I, you know, I thought, I, I did not think the, the one father was, uh, was a jerk. I thought he was actually like pretty practical. You know, these people are breaking into his house he knows that he's packing. He just has to get out and get the gun. He was like the the Scully character of uh, X-Files. You know, for every kind of weird thing that's happening, he's the one that's like, well, the reason for this is the reason why this is happening is because dot, dot, dot. Meanwhile, I got to go get my gun. So I'm going to blast these motherfuckers. So I actually <laughs> I actually did did like his character. I don't think his I don't think his arguments. I don't think the movie made his arguments strong enough. Right. I think I can understand. Well, I can't understand because I'm not gay and I haven't gone through, you know, whatever persecution he went through. But um, I could kind of understand, like, not liking people, not liking humanity. I can I can understand those things. But to the point where you're like, fuck it. Fuck everyone in the world can die. <laughs> I'm not killing my my husband. Like, all right, maybe the first, like, two, three plagues. <laughs> you're like, all right, I'm not doing this. Fuck you. Once it's almost 99.9% confirmed that this is happening yeah. and is real, it, it's time to take the bullet for the rest of the world. Okay? It, it's time. It's time. And I don't know why he was so mad at the end because Batista flat out told him, like, the reason you were chosen was because your love is so pure. Right. And that's not an insult. That's not him like bashing them he's saying that their love was so amazing and pure that they were the people chosen to judge all of humanity so i i understand his hesitancy up until like even when batista kills himself 
they're standing there and the world is fucking ending. Like right. it's ending. It, there is no question at this point. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. Fuck him. Let's just hang out, dude. All right. Come on, dude. <laughs> and he wasn't even the one that had to, get, had to die. The other guy was like, yeah, you can kill me. It's fine. Right. <laughs> and he still was like, oh, no, fuck this. Like, come on, guy. Come on, guy. Yeah, that was that was really my main thing with it was that it just didn't have enough, like whether you were questioning it or not, whether it just gets to a point where there's no question anymore. And it it was too early in the movie when you didn't have a question that that was the problem for me. Not that it was happening because it's fine. It's a supernatural movie. It's not a supernatural movie. It doesn't matter. It was the fact that it seemed too early in the movie that they confirmed that this is what's happening. So it didn't let you have more moments where you were kind of like torn between should they or should they not make the choice right i think it might have played a little bit better if maybe if they're if they were going to make that so evident at the beginning that this is really happening that one of the husbands is like okay this is really happening we have to do this and the other husband is against it mm -hmm. and if they kind of holding on to the suspense that it's an m night Shyamalan movie <laughs> and, and i'm waiting for oscar isaacs and blueface to show up at the end of the movie and be like haha apocalypse is here baby <laughs> oh god um that, that was one of the things i also did not like the ending it just <sighs> <laughs> what what didn't you like about it I, I don't know what i wanted the ending of the movie to be obviously i didn't want them to choose to end the world right so that's right. not the ending i wanted but just i don't know what it was about the ending that just kind of it felt like they brushed it off too quick you know what i mean like they got, they laugh. Everybody's fucking dead except the guy and, and his daughter. Like, that's it. Everybody's dead. There's fucking five dead bodies in the cabin, which is now burning in the ground. Yep. Uh, planes are falling out of the sky. <laughs> There's all this stuff happening. They walk and they find the, the truck. They drive to the diner in the truck. They just go in the diner. And then, I don't know, I guess people are like, oh, I'm so happy that you're still alive. Talking on the phone to other people. They get in the car and start listening to music, and then that's it. Like, what? We didn't get any, like, feeling of, like, uh, they. it just felt like they, they didn't say anything. Like, they didn't say, oh, this was terrible. I can't believe we survived this, or I can't believe it was real, or anything. It was just, like, they walked there, they sat down, they came out, they got in the car, they listened to some music, and they drove off. It didn't feel like there was enough closure to me um, to what happened. I, I don't know, and I don't know what an ending I would want for this. I, I, I can't sit. I'm not a writer. I can't sit here and tell you like what ending I would want for this movie. I can just tell you that something about the ending didn't sit right to me and it didn't feel satisfying enough at the end. So I'd sat through all of this, sat through the impossible choice, um, all these plagues into the, the world. And then we get to the end of the movie and it just kind of felt like a wet fart. Well, I, I think one of the, one of the themes of the movie is, you know, do you believe in not the plagues, but do you believe in coincidences or do you believe in a higher power, uh, a higher being? And, you know, the fact that one of the horsemen happens to be the guy that smashed one of the, the dads over the head with a bottle in Boston. Now, was that a coincidence or, you know, do you really believe what this redheaded guy is talking about? So you get to the end of the movie, they get in the truck, you know, they turn on the radio and it's playing the song, the Casey and the Sunshine Band song that Arby loves so much. <laughs> and now it's like, OK, so is that a coincidence or did we make the right choice? And this is the other husband's way of letting us know that he's with us or that we made the right choice. Yes, they don't really say anything, but that's what I thought. Of that. That's mm -hmm. the, the feeling that I thought that they were like, OK, it's too early. For, maybe it's too early for us to think about 
about it. Maybe it isn't. That's why they, the one dad turns it on, the daughter turns it off. They go back and forth. But I think in the end, they realize that, yes, we made the right choice. We save humanity. And this is our, our loved one's way of letting us know. I don't know. I just don't know what kind of ending I wanted. But this ending just didn't sit well with me. I, I don't know. It just felt like it ended so quick and didn't really, I don't want to say explain anything. Because I felt it also explained stuff too much. So at the end of the movie... The, the two husbands are discussing it and he's like hey you know what these guys are actually the four horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> and you're, you're like what are you doing <laughs> like let let the audience figure that out like you don't need to sit down and be like all right while the world's ending we got a few minutes let me sit down and explain to you all the symbolism in the movie real quick before um i have to kill myself uh, so i i didn't like that either i just i felt like it, it was a great idea that started off really strong and then it just kind of went off the rails and maybe that's the book. I don't know. I never read the book other than just a quick peruse of Wikipedia to see the ending, which was much different than this one. And I don't like that ending either. I would not have wanted to see that in the movie theater. And I would, God, I would not want Aubrey to have to watch that in a movie theater, but so, all right. So spoilers for the book. Here you go. Spoilers for the book. Um, The daughter dies in the book uh, by accident while this is all going down. So there's no reason for, they feel there's no reason to make a choice. So they don't make the choice and the world ends because <laughs> <laughs> they don't believe in a God that would let all of this crap happen to them, including their daughter dying by accident. So they just say, fuck it and let the world end. I'm, I'm totally down for that ending. I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I, I just, something did not sit right with me with this movie, especially the, the longer it went on. And I just, I can't place my finger on it, which is not very helpful for a uh, discussion of the movie, but <laughs> I just can't, I can't really describe it, but just towards the end, man, it just felt like it really ran out of steam. It just kind of was dumb at the end and it ended the credits come up and I'm just, I, I am, I don't want to say I felt nothing because this wasn't like going to see uncharted or something, but I definitely didn't feel like, Oh man, that was great. Or I can't wait to tell people to see it or anything. Like I just kind of felt blah afterward. Oh, you know, I watched the trailer and in the trailer it shows four people show up to a cabin and they, present this question one of you have to kill each other or it's the end of the world so what happens in a movie four people show up they present the question and then one of them kills the other one and it's not the end of the world so it happens exactly like they laid it out in a trailer i didn't feel like there were <laughs> any kind of surprises or anything regarding no that. no there's no surprises but like i said i just would have liked more ambiguity i don't know is that a word more ambiguous uh towards the middle of the movie as to whether it was happening or not i feel like after the first plague there's really no question as to whether this is real or not it's just the fact that one of the husbands refuses to believe it i, I don't know what could have happened storyline wise but i'm just saying it just felt like we lost some of the nuance of the storyline halfway through the movie because it's pretty much just 100 confirmed this is happening too bad so <laughs> i would like to say i i was on the husband's side until about the third plague <laughs> Two plagues in, I'm like, I don't know, I think I could, I could, I could work around this. Well, but the other thing to me that was kind of weird was like, if the husband really didn't think it was happening, right? So yeah. he's just 100. This is not real. This is fake. The only danger was to the four people that had him kidnapped. Yeah. So okay. why wouldn't he just shut his mouth and be like, I don't fucking believe you. Too bad. Yeah. Because Batista would have killed himself and they were fine. He didn't have to run out to the car. They were killing themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But they were also him and the husband were also tied to a chair. So, you know, you want to see them kill themselves, but maybe at a distance. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I understand we're tied to a chair, but, you know, what's the safer thing to do? Sit and wait it out and they're all just going to kill themselves anyway or 
cut yourself out of the chair, run out to your car, get a gun, fight, jump through windows, blah, 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 like potentially putting your daughter in danger. Whereas you literally could have just sat there mm-hmm. and let them kill themselves. <laughs> and, then, and then the world ends and you're like, but, hey, you know what? They were right. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, it's fine if they were right. I'm just saying like, hey, you know, like if he was that adamant that they were not right, then the play is to just sit there and let them kill themselves. Yeah. It's like Die Hard, but the terrorists kill themselves. And John right. Sits back and, and, you know, drinks a milkshake. I'm down for that. All right. Well, so the only thing left to do is ask you guys a question. Would you be able to make this impossible choice, Mark, if you were in a room full of your loved ones? No, I would not. Well, maybe not the first two plagues. Maybe by the third <laughs> I'll start looking around the room. <laughs> Aubrey Litchfield, can you make the impossible choice? I'd kill myself because I would be I would be like, this isn't this isn't real. I'd rather just kill myself. You wouldn't want to throw your boyfriend under the bus or anything. No, nope, it'd be me. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I would just be like, hey, you know what? Let my kids and my wife get in the car and leave, and then I will kill myself afterwards. As long as they're safe, I really wouldn't care. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sad that Batista had to kill himself at the end of the movie because I did, I do like the animal Batista, and I thought he did a good job in the movie. So I'm not a wrestling fan, so none of that means anything to me. Right, right, right. So the only thing left to do is to score the movie zero to five, five being the best and zero being the worst. Aubrey Litchfield, what do you got for knock at the cap? Uh, I'm going to give it a two. It was okay, but I'll probably never watch it again. All right. Marcellus Reagan. You know, as I was watching this movie and I'm like, not really enjoying it, but I'm talking to myself. I'm going, you've got to like this movie. You've got to find a way to like this movie. <laughs> you got just look for anything to like this movie. And then I suddenly remembered glass and how much <laughs> I hated it. And then that just like deflated me. So the rest of the movie, I'm like, yeah, this sucks. Uh, so I'm also going to give it a two. Well, I guess it's a three out of three for Knock at the Cabin because I am also going to give it a two out of five. Uh, and I agree with Aubrey. I'm probably never, ever going to watch this or think about it again. It is certainly not his worst movie, but is not even close to his best. But hey, you know what? It's admirable that he funds these movies himself and he can make anything he fucking pleases because mm-hmm. he has lots of money. He'll just say, I'm taking $20 million out of the bank and I'm going to make this movie. And if you like it, cool. And if you don't, don't matter to me. So good for him. But this was not not for me. So no, thank you. I, I do. I just I just feel like I feel like Jordan Peele is like a much better version of this. <laughs> like, he right. makes these uh Twilight Zone uh episode length movies, but they're they're actually good. So <laughs> They're intriguing throughout, even if you don't like the ending or agree with the ending at least the journey of it is interesting this this was like if in nope like 20 minutes in um like jean jacket flew down and was like hey guys i'm a big giant alien and then flew away <laughs> like oh thanks for ruining the mystery of the movie thanks guys that's it that's our review of knock at the cabin doesn't sound like we all liked it very much but maybe we got it wrong so hit us up on social media let us know what you think and now we are going to wrap it up before we tap it up. We're going to get some recommendations for the listeners out there. With February being Black History Month, I think this month all of our recommendations are going to come from Black creatives. Uh, it doesn't have to be a movie specifically, maybe comics, maybe books, maybe music, maybe TV shows, but something out there with uh, spearheaded by Black creatives. That would be uh, a suggestion. We're going to start. You got four uh, weeks. You, can only, you, can only, you got four weeks, Arby. You can only do Black Panther once. So. <laughs> okay. I'm going to choose Wakanda Forever is on um, is on Disney+. Plus. Check it out if you haven't already. It's seeing it the second time around that the 
the CGI is really ridiculous, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be a recommendation. This is supposed to be a I know it, it is good though. It is good. I I recommend <laughs> it. Just watch it um from the safety of your own home. And you don't have to sit in theaters and wonder when you could pause to go pee. All right, Mark Ellis Reagans, it's up to you. Uh, so there's a filmmaker named J.D. Dillard, who I've been following his career for years. He made a movie called Slight, which is uh, kind of a, a low budget, almost comic book movie uh, that's streaming on Netflix now. It's about a kid who's a street magician who kind of gets a, gets tangled up in, the, in a, the drug game. And his sister gets kidnapped and he has to save her using the, the engineering of his magic tricks to try to save his sister so you know it's a it's a okay b movie it's not great but jd dillard is a name to remember his next movie was sweetheart which was really good uh, about a, a woman who wakes up on a deserted island and there's a creature that's there on their island with her so she has to figure out a way to get off the island and survive this creature it's i called- thought sweetheart would have been about she wakes up on the island and only has sweetheart candies to eat <laughs> to, to live off of that's right <laughs> it's a bit chalky be mine <laughs> uh, his latest movie is called devotion it's with uh, jonathan majors and glenn powell about a one of the first african-american pilots during the korean war big sweeping epic his career is going up and up his next project will be fingers crossed a star wars project uh which i'm hoping for so if you haven't seen devotion is streaming on paramount plus uh slight is streaming on netflix and remember the name jd diller because uh he will be making waves pretty soon i do want to see devotion i just have not had the time to sit down and watch it but i will I will. I'm planning on it. So I, and you're recommending that highly, I suggest, right? Yeah. It's a, a really intense drama with some really amazing aerial footage. Uh, it's not quite the realism of Top Gun Maverick, but <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's close. All right. All right. Well, I will suggest that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. There's links to all our YouTube and Patreon content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there. Adam's been uploading interviews, reviews, trailer reactions, and more. So check it out. We have the Patreon as well. Patreon.com backslash so was podcast where you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content. It's the only place to hear us discussing nerd news and trailers every month. Uh, we'll have much to discuss about the DCEU part two announcement this month. So jump on board there if you want. You also get our monthly Star Wars video podcast where me and Adam discuss Star Wars topics every month and my own Just Joey mini-sodes where I reveal what's going to be coming up in the next month on the podcast and some behind-the-scenes stuff as well. So check out all those links. I will suggest that you check out one of my favorite movies from a few years ago. It's in my top 10 movies of the year in 2021, and that is on Netflix, The Harder They Fall from director James Samuel. Uh, It is a stylized Western with an all-star cast, Jonathan Majors, uh, my wife's man crush of the forever, Ildris Alba, uh, Regina King, Zazie Beetz, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, Movie's absolutely fantastic. The action is amazing. And I I just had an absolute blast watching it. It's a Netflix movie made by a amazing directors so you know they unfortunately let them make the movie a little too long so it's not perfect but it is uh pretty damn awesome so it's a huge recommendation for me like i said it was in my top 10 of the year in 2021 so check out the harder they fall on netflix and that is going to do it that is episode number 444 of the soul wizard podcast 
I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, and my co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. I want to put on my, 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 my boogie shoes. I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Reagans. Everybody have yourself a good week and Wakanda forever. Come back next week. We'll be discussing all of the trailers. They're dropping on the Super Bowl coming up. And I'm sure there will be some ridiculous stuff to go with that. I know Fast X is one of them. So prepare yes. yourself, guys, because it's going to be all about family next week. But that is going to do it. It's episode number 444 of the So Wizard podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Good journey. <laughs>